Well, welcome to the Other Six Podcast, episode 57. 57. We've done 57 of these. That's right. Um, my name is Matt. I'm the worship pastor here at Vaughn Forest, and our normal host is out on vacation. He's normal on most days. Yeah, most days he's normal. <laughs> uh, much needed uh, vacation. So, Chad, hope you're having a good time, man. Miss you. Um, but I'm here with our lead pastor, Adam. Yeah. Adam, man, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. So, Chad is taking a well-deserved break. Yes. And you and I are going to take a well-deserved break here in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, on this. Yeah. yeah, so we're kind of staggering out our, yeah. our breaks. It's a, a good time of year to break so you know church rhythm july august september for us pretty intense pretty intense yeah so in october we try to figure out a way for each of us to you know get a little getaway so yeah. hopefully chad's having a good time with his family this week my weekend was good man we yeah. um we jacob's team won their second game in a row really so, uh, pretty yeah, fired yeah. up about that so we had a lot of fun um it was a, a home win we oh, won, uh, defended the home turf at pike road <laughs> so that was nice the weather was beautiful good we yes it was being it was really outside good. um we spent a lot of time outside this weekend and uh, just had some good family time, man. It was yeah. nice. What about you? Yeah, we. Um, I had the in-laws in uh, town, so we sp- we hung out, um, played some music. My father-in-law's big into guitar. And, okay. Yeah, man. Um, he's about to retire, too, so all right. we're, we're talking all about those plans and stuff like that. So, so you guys have a little jam session. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, neighbors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were a little rowdy, but yeah, it was super fun. I had them in town, and they left yesterday uh, after our service, so it was pretty good. That's yeah, kind of cool. So when he found out you wanted to marry his daughter and you also played the guitar, he, was he fired up about that? Yeah, or did he, he feel like, oh, I got some competition now? No, the guitar he was thing. Actually, so you know how they, you know, I walk in and he goes, hey, let me let me show you something. And you, when you hear that, what's the first thing you think? A gun of? in the South. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. If you're not from the South. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. It's just kind of how that, that goes. Is, that is, that is protect, right where my mind my went. daughter. All right, yeah. So yeah, that's where so, you thought was going to happen. Yep, and then he led me back to his music room and showed me all his guns. He's oh, like, yeah, man, play goodness. any of these. And how I was like, awesome is that? This is awesome. That's so great. <laughs> where do I sign up? We're getting married tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still love D more, right, Matt? Yeah, yes, yes. Yes, D's listening, so. Yeah, <laughs> she is. That's great, man. That's yeah. cool. I'm glad you guys. Now, are they local? Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia? They are from Mississippi, Mississippi. so they're coast. So okay. they're they're escape. Well, actually, no. The hurricane's coming. Other in. coast. Other coast, but the rain and stuff like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Anyway, I'm a yeah. Off on my coastlines. Well, yeah. <laughs> are they, off aren't my... they still kind of trying to figure out where it's going to ultimately go? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But I, I think. But they're going to be yeah. safe in Mississippi. Yeah, they're going to be they're okay. going to be safe. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad you, y'all had neither they were up for the weekend. Yeah, man. Um, and Good. so we were um, in our stress to bless series this week. Yeah. Um, this is week three. We we're talking already about week three. Marriage. Marriage. Yeah. We <laughs> we followed through and talked about marriage for an entire message. So um, I know there's a lot of people in our church who aren't married. So thank you yeah. for giving us the liberty of taking a Sunday to focus specifically on marriage. And then if you are married hopefully there were some mm-hmm. things that you were challenged with um in the message i think but i mean even if you're not i think that there's some great principles i think you even mentioned that at the beginning there's hopefully. some great principles yeah, that you can take from it um you know but you kicked it off and you had four statements at the beginning um and one of them kind of really stood out to me as you're kind of walking through them uh it was the last one and you said the only way that marriage moves from stress to blessed is if both spouses focus on the internal condition of each of their own hearts. Um, So, you know, as I was thinking through that, what would you say to someone whose spouse just doesn't see, um, 
doesn't want to focus on themselves, uh, doesn't see the value in that. And so what would you say to them? I've, I've been in that meeting many times. Yeah. So that's one of the unfortunate things um, about being a pastor that I've had to, I've had a front row seat mm. to that scenario uh, too many times, unfortunately. And, and here's the scenario I'm describing. You've got one spouse who really wants to save the marriage. You've yeah. got one spouse who realizes this thing's a mess. Yeah. We need to get some counseling. There's some things I've done to contribute to this. Sure. There's also some things my spouse has done to contribute to this. And uh, that person is ready to go to work on the marriage, but the other spouse is is just saying no. Mm-hmm. They're done. They're not ready for the marriage counseling. They're, they, they've they moved on emotionally, and now they're going to move on literally with their life, yeah. and they're going to get a divorce. And so, you know, what, what are you supposed to do with that? And um, for whatever reason— Nine times out of ten, when I've seen that situation play out, it's the husband who is saying, I really want us to fix our marriage. I really want us to go to marriage counseling. Yeah. There's really some things that I think we can do to save our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's the wife who says, absolutely not. We're mm-hmm. not going to marriage counseling. We're not. And, and, and you say, well, why is yeah, I mean, For why? me, it's been nine times out of ten. So, again, I'm not a licensed uh you know, Christian marriage counselor. I'm just a pastor, mm-hmm. so I'm just making an anecdotal observation here. Yeah, just here, things okay? you observed, yeah. I think a lot of times what's happening there is the husband was missing signs for years that the wife was sending to him. Yeah. That for years she had been wanting to address some things in their marriage. Mm-hmm. For years she knew their marriage was in a bad place, and for years he had been completely ignoring her. Mm. And so what ends up happening, eventually, she just kind of cuts him off emotionally, and now he's ready. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. he's ready to go see the marriage counselor. Now mm-hmm. he's ready to fix the marriage. But by this point, she's she's gone emotionally. So I'm not justifying the actions of either person, but yeah. if there's a lesson to draw from that scenario, the lesson is pay attention sooner rather than later. Yes. You know, everything... Mm-hmm is something. Uh-huh. So, you know, <laughs> if, if you if you hear something, if you sense something, if they say something, if they complain yeah. about something, pay attention. Yeah. Don't brush it off. Don't ignore. Because if you do that, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year, eventually there will be an emotional divide to where when one person says, let's get this fixed, the other person may have already really gotten to a place where they don't have the emotional energy left to work on it. Mm. So that's a guess an yeah. observation. I don't think that it was a bunch of husbands who loved their marriages and a bunch of wives who didn't. I mm-hmm. think in that scenario, it's probably a bunch of husbands who hadn't been paying attention to their wives yeah. and some of the things that the wives were trying to signal to their husband about their um, probably just um, lack of satisfaction in their marriage overall. Yeah. And by the time you know he was ready to work on it, it was, yeah. quote unquote, too late. Yeah, yeah. And then neglect got to it. Yeah. So if that's where you're at and... um one of you wants to work on the marriage and the other one doesn't, you know, I've often felt like just a really good way to think about this is, isn't your marriage worth at least, worth at least six more months? Mm. So someone says no. It's like, okay, well, let's unpack that. Tell me why. Yeah. Because in the grand scheme of things, I, I don't want you to look back one day and go, why didn't we at least just give it six more months? Mm-hmm. So I think even if you are that spouse who's like, well, now they want to work on the marriage? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. It's like, I hear you. I understand your frustration. But why not at least give this a six-month run with some good Christian marriage counseling and see mm-hmm. if some change might occur? And then if it doesn't, because of the statement, both people have to yeah. be committed to this. Okay? Yeah. yeah. 
then, okay, well, let's make a decision in six months. But don't be rushed to make a decision because there's no one else telling you you have to make that decision. Right. I, I, yeah. I really like the way that you kind of laid that out. Um, you know, if it was good enough to where you were saying yes at the altar, give it another six months. Yeah. yeah. I yeah really let's like let's that. at least go to work on it and see if we can save it. Mm-hmm. You know, because, again, um, I'm not a counselor, but when people meet with me, and, you know, this has happened frequently over the years, but... You know, I remember talking to one couple one time, and they their kids were grown and gone. So interestingly enough, if you study divorce, uh, there's periods in a marriage that a marriage is most vulnerable to divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those time periods is the first several years of the marriage, yeah. and one of the others is the first several years after all of the kids move out of the house. Yeah, yeah. So that's the season of life yeah. that this couple was in, and um, they were ready to get a divorce, and they were ready to move on and go find somebody else and marry. And it's really sad because they've been married for a very long right. time. And I just said to them, before you make your kids spend multiple Christmases with you and your new spouses, trying to figure that out. Why yeah. don't you at least sit down and try to fix this? Mm-hmm. And that kind of got their attention. Yeah, yeah. It's like for a second they went, "Wait, are we really going to do that to our kids?" Yeah. So you know, sometimes you just 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 give it a few more months yeah. instead of just making such a definitive call. Think about the implications of what you're about to do before you make such a definitive call. Because really once you good, make yeah. that call. It's hard to go back. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't happen. I've seen it happen. Mm -hmm. Couples who got divorced and got remarried. Yeah. But it certainly does make that very challenging. Yeah, yeah. That's really good, man. Helpful advice there. Um, So let's move on um, to the action points, uh, the things people were moving down in the bulletins. Um, Your first point was that um, we might have unrealistic expectations of our marriage. Yeah. and you, you gave some really great examples uh, of Don and Letty from uh, Fast and Furious. Super adventurous. Yeah, super adventurous. <laughs> uh, you know, George and Nina Banks. Uh, so charming. So charming, yeah. Um, and then all of the uh, Hallmark classics. Mm, yeah. um, I, I haven't watched any of those, so I can't speak. Maybe later this afternoon. Yeah, we'll, we'll sit we'll, down. We'll, we'll open up my laptop in my <laughs> office, Matt, and we'll watch a Hallmark movie together. <laughs> we will yeah. not be doing that. No. <laughs> Probably not. No, uh, d- never. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I really like the truth that you pointed out. Um, it was really great. And you said, you know, we need to accept that we married flawed people. Um, and, you know, and that our marriages isn't going to look like uh, these movies that we're pointing out. Um, so, you know, what would you say to somebody who's maybe struggling with those expectations? Um and, you know, how can we practically combat against them? You know, because as I was looking at those movies that you were, you were naming, you know, Fast and Furious, I'm, lo- I'm thinking of, like, if we kind of peel it back and kind of look at it, you know, you got a couple that's married for 10, 20, 30-plus years. You know, they do want a little bit of adventure in their life. So, like, maybe that's where that expectation is coming from. Or the banks, like, the you know, a newlywed couple that's, like, wanting to be... Uh, you know, the likable, having that pressure put on them, uh, the likable couple, or, you know, I, I don't really have anything for the Hallmark things. Uh, maybe the consistency that it brings, like setting expectations and someone's, you know, maybe wanting that in their marriage. So what um, what would you say to, to, the, to that those couples? Yeah. So I think the key word that I want to focus on in, in this discussion is unrealistic. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with having expectations. Yeah. It's the unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. that get you in trouble. And here's where that's challenging. Your spouse is the one who gets to determine whether or not they're unrealistic. <laughs> okay, yeah. so let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, unspoken expectations are the foundation of a lot of marriage problems. So just let that one sink in for yeah. a second. 
unspoken expectations. They just assume, Mm. well, of course my spouse should know that's what I need. Of course my spouse should know that's what I want. Of course my spouse should know how to talk to me about that because he or she loves me. Mm -hmm. And if he or she loves me, they should already know all of these things about me. (laughs) That is an unrealistic expectation, (laughs) and that has been created through Hollywood. Yeah, That the way romance is presented in movies, the next time you're watching a chick flick, um, you know, with D, or, you know, not with me, (laughs) or I'm watching one with Morgan, Morgan, or if you're a dude listening to this right now, the next time you watch a chick flick, see if you can pick up on this narrative. The way that the dude in the movie is presented as romantic is he understands the lady mm. in the movie and she doesn't have to tell him. Yeah. So that is like the pinnacle for a woman <laughs> to find a man who gets me and I didn't even have to explain me. Yeah. He just gets me. He understands me. Every lady listening to this podcast right now, please listen to me. That is an unrealistic <laughs> expectation. Okay. We're yeah. dudes. Men are not created like women. We we do not perceive emotionally things about other people Mm -hmm. the way that women do. God created men and women very differently. Mm -hmm. So for a woman, women are more perceptive emotionally. So what do these screenwriters do? They create a male character who's emotionally perceptive, and that's a very attractive quality to a woman. So then women think, well, my husband must not really love me because if he really loved me, he'd understand me, and I wouldn't have to explain this to him. No, you do. Yeah. Matt Morgan and I went through a season of our marriage where she wrote 10 expectations of me, mm-hmm. and we put them on the fridge with a <laughs> magnet, and I looked at them every day, and they were all action-oriented things yeah. that I could do, and I had no idea that doing these 10 things would really help her feel more loved, mm-hmm. supported, cherished, encouraged, and, and they were things I would have never guessed. Right. We would have never come up with that. A, yeah. a pastor friend of ours and his wife shared that idea with us. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids were little, uh, and and there were just some things Morgan needed a little bit more help with. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she needed help with. Yeah. It frustrated her that I didn't know she needed help with this. <laughs> yeah. But they reminded her he's a dude, so if you'll mm-hmm. write it down and give him a list, you know you can train him. And so, like she did, and yeah. I started doing these things, you know, a little better. You got some training. So if you have expectations in your marriage, talk about them. Mm-hmm. If you have some expectations of your spouse, talk about those expectations with your spouse. In, in, a, in a way where it can be received well, you know, not in an argument. Yeah. You know, these are why date nights are good sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, after you put the kids to bed, don't turn on the TV, just sit around and talk. Say, hey, do you mind if we talk about our marriage? You know, there's yeah. some, I have some expectations of you uh, that I would like to communicate. Mm-hmm. You should always be comfortable communicating your expectations to one another. And when you communicate expectations, communicate them in action-oriented statements. Don't communicate them in accusatory statements. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. Let's say yeah. that there's a wife and a husband, and they've got you know their 2.5 kids, and the wife always feels like she's having to do everything for the kids. Mm-hmm. And he's not helping to the extent she wants him to help. And so he's not meeting that expectation. Yeah. So an appropriate way to address that uh, well, let me say the inappropriate way to address that. The inappropriate way to address that would be to attack and say, you don't help me with the kids. Mm-hmm. You never do this with the kids. I'm always having, because what are you doing now? You're attacking him. Yeah. Instead, point out the behavior. So this would be an appropriate way to say that. Honey, every morning when I make three lunches, it would be really helpful if you could pitch in and maybe make one of them and I'll make two of them. Mm -hmm. Would that be something you would be willing to help me with? Because right now it kind of feels like I'm having to do it. And my expectations have been that maybe we could do this together. Mm -hmm. Well, 
okay, he may not say absolutely, but yeah. but you have at least given that conversation yeah. a shot, okay? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that Morgan, you know, again, learning how to speak about these things um, early in our marriage, I, I picked up on the fact that she at times didn't think our house was very clean. Mm-hmm. And it would frustrate her that I hadn't noticed that the house wasn't clean and I hadn't done anything about it. Well, the reason why I hadn't done anything about it was because I thought our house was clean. Like, I, I didn't think it was unclean. I mean, the, I yeah. wasn't like just going, man, I'm being lazy. I don't yeah. want to clean this house. What I realized is we have two very different definitions yeah. of the word clean. clean. Yep. So we had to figure that out. So what Morgan learned instead of coming to the living room and saying, Seriously, like you didn't clean the house. It, what she learned, and again, good marriage counselor helped us see this, is you know Adam's pretty competitive, Morgan. So if you'll walk into the living room and say, "Hey, can we take the next fifteen minutes and do this, do this, do this, and this," and and I finish the sentence, I go, "I'll do it in 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so it wasn't that I wouldn't help. It was just again, there weren't the same expectations. Mm-hmm. So, so many times in a marriage, if you can speak expectations to one another, then you can determine, are these unrealistic? Yeah. So if one spouse says to the other, you know, listen, I, I need you to tell your employer, you're not going to come in till 10 a.m. every morning and you're going to leave at 2 p.m. And if you don't do that, I don't feel like you're supporting me. That's a very unrealistic expectation. Yeah. And if you're going to, if, if that spouse digs their heels in you there I've, I've seen this yeah not not at our church but like i've mm-hmm. seen this people where people like they're they're like my spouse has told me you know i and the employer's like but but you work for us you know <laughs> so like it really yeah, becomes a problem a... okay well then that's where you need to sit down with a good marriage counselor yeah. who can help you work through that so right. you can look at your spouse and say i hear you i understand where you're coming from i love you but honestly i think your expectations a little unrealistic yeah yeah, yeah. And unless we can reach some type of understanding, we may need to bring in a third party mm-hmm. to help us on that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, to help manage so, this tension. Yeah, so that so that one person just doesn't dig their heels in when in reality they're probably being very unrealistic. Right, right. I mean, that's that's really good. Um <clears throat> so moving on to you know your second like truth um from the fill-ins. You said that forgiveness is freely given and truth is rightfully earned. I, I trust Trust, trust is rightfully is earned. Rightly, yep. ra- rightfully mm-hmm. earned. Yeah, sorry about that. That's right. um, so, how do we uh, rebuild trust um, and reconcile with you know our spouse if that person doesn't uh, hasn't apologized or doesn't even really seem to recognize that they've done anything wrong? Um, that one's tricky. So you've got one spouse. If I think I hear you correctly, you've got one spouse who's mm-hmm. been hurt, yep. who's been upset. Yep. Uh, they've been hurt by their spouse. Yeah. But the spouse that hurt them doesn't think they did yeah. anything wrong, right? And won't own it. Won't you know? Yeah. Won't apologize. Yeah. Doesn't really see what's happened there. Yeah. Okay. Um. So in a scenario like that, I think a lot of times what's happening again. I'm, I'm not a marriage counselor, right. so you yeah, know, this may or may not be the, what's causing this. But let me see what I think could be happening mm-hmm. there is the spouse who's hurt is telling the spouse I'm hurt and the spouse who did the hurting is going I don't know what you I don't know what you're upset yeah. about the spouse who's done the hurting unless they're just being a jerk and being stubborn and digging their heels in may be justifying their own intent mm. their own motive yeah so you know, I've I've certainly been guilty of this and in, in, in my own marriage. And so let's just use me for example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say that Morgan's upset and she's hurt and she says to me, you know, hey, when you XYZ, yeah. you know, kind of hurt. 
if I say to her, well, that's not what I meant to do. Well, I didn't mean it that way. Right. Or those weren't my intentions. Mm-hmm. It feels like I've now resolved the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've dissolved it. <laughs> I mean, I've I've clearly stated that like I had mm-hmm. no intention of hurting you. And in many ways, like I feel now like the whole situation's been We're solved. Good. And everybody listening right now is like, our pastor is a jerk, okay? No, that is <laughs> that is an incorrect way of handling that. Yeah. So intentions in a relationship are irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your motive or what you intended to happen is irrelevant. What yeah. matters is how the other person feels. Right. So sometimes you do have to let your guard down a little bit and listen to what they're saying. And if you'll listen to what they're saying and you'll own it and say, hey, I want to apologize. Listen, I, I certainly didn't mean for that to happen mm-hmm. that way, but clearly it did. And I want to apologize because I would never intentionally try to make you feel that way. If you're in a marriage where when you try to communicate with your spouse like that, like they just they slam the door, they walk out, they won't listen to you, they 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 won't own their part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where it's time to like sit down with a, a marriage counselor, yeah. and you may need to go meet with the marriage counselor first by yourself, mm-hmm. and then figure out a way to get your spouse into the marriage counseling as well. Now, sometimes what's happening there? Okay, now we're gonna get let's get into some layers. Okay. okay? Let's say the spouse that does the hurting mm-hmm. finally says, fine, I'll go to the marriage counseling. Yeah. And I'm going to just say it's a dude. So he okay. goes to the marriage counseling and the wife is now she's, she's got him in there and she's going to say, he just won't own this part of the, he, you know, he, he, mm. all the yeah, things yeah, you're saying. The, yeah. Sometimes the marriage counselor looks at the wife and says, yeah, that's not on him. Mm. That's on you. So sometimes it actually ends up Flipping. Flipping. So what's going on there? A lot of times in a marriage, what ends up happening is the person that you marry begins to trigger some unhealth in your own emotions Mm. and in your own heart. Yeah. So what this spouse feels so hurt, upset over that she, in this scenario, has framed that her husband has done to her that's causing all this, a good marriage counselor says... Yeah, but like the little trigger that he said should not be producing yeah. this level of emotional. Right. Um, so what's going on there? Let's unpack that. Mm-hmm. And so to the degree that you are emotionally healthy is to the degree you're less triggered. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So a lot of times, um, and I'm, I'm saying that because I really believe if two people will go sit down, and I just made that whole scenario yeah, up, yeah, okay? all... but if two people will go sit down and talk to a marriage counselor, what they're going to learn is it takes two to tango, <laughs> okay? You put two sinners together, all you're going to get is synergy. Like, it's never just one person right. and the other one not doing anything. So, yeah, maybe he you know, was being a jerk and he wasn't owning what he needed to own, um, but perhaps there was a little bit of an un, an, an unhealthy emotional reaction mm-hmm. that he was triggering that the depth of it was coming from something else that he had nothing to do with, maybe from her past or maybe from something else. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of times there's so many layers to what's happening, which is why I keep yeah. coming back to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you sit down with a good Christian marriage counselor, they can help. Yeah. They can, and, and that, that whole scenario I just laid out may not be the scenario at all. Okay. Yeah. But, 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 Oftentimes, you're going to need—and this is what—you're going to need somebody else. Yeah. That's the most humbling part. Yeah. 
to admit I need somebody else to help me in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I, I mean, I had to do it. We went to marriage counseling years ago. It stinks to walk through the door of that office yeah. and go, we need help. But it, it it's one of the best decisions I've ever made is right. to say we need help because we learned some things that helped us and continue to help us. Yeah. So if that's where you're at, don't don't be ashamed of that. Right. And again, like, you know, I think seeing that that's wisdom, you know, to know what you can work through and what you can't. Um, and again, like all of these, you know, the scenarios you're bringing up and stuff, they're, it, they're all nuanced. Yeah, there's not one... One size know, one, fits all. That's yeah, right. like yep. it's all nuanced. nuanced. It's so everything you're bringing yep. up is, is very nuanced. It's not as black and white, um, you know. So, yeah. Um, this kind of leads me into the third point uh, that you made uh, was that we might be listening to too many vo- wrong voices in, um, in our marriages that we need to guard... Um, our minds from those. So, um, you know, just thinking through that, you know, what you, you mentioned a couple of TV shows. Uh, what was it? Uh, the the ho- Desperate Housewives. Well, the ho- all these housewife shows. They yeah. were tackling Dak, Dak Prescott on a, <laughs> a direct TV commercial. That's all I know about him. It's like, what on earth is happening? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, just thinking about that, you know, watching certain TV shows m- might affect people differently. They struggle in different areas. So, as a couple, how do you handle those those situations where one's being affected and the other one's not? Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I've never run into that situation. Uh, I, I just think if you can kind of use the New Testament as your basis, if you're mm-hmm. Christians and you're in a marriage, that should be your, your basis for marriage, is the whole, like, submit to one another. Yeah. Submit to one another. Yeah. So. If, if if you don't think your spouse needs to be watching something, like say something, yeah. and then if you're the spouse that's being called out, submit. <laughs> I mean, well, is it more important to you to watch a show yeah. or to like be on the same page with your spouse? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that I, I would have a hard time if, if a couple came to my office and, you know, she said – he keeps watching this show, and I'm telling him it's bad, and it's it's feeding his mind garbage, and he doesn't listen to me, and he just mm-hmm. tells me that it doesn't affect him that way. And I'd be like, dude, what's the show? And if he told me it was a bad show, I would say, stop being an idiot and listen to your <laughs> yeah, wife. To like, your... This one's simple, you yeah. know? Now, I think sometimes there's just different interests. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I like watching sports documentaries. That's not right. really what Morgan <laughs> enjoys, and sometimes she likes watch, watching a show that I don't necessarily get into, but sure. there's nothing inappropriate about that and there's nothing that's feeding our mind you know garbage when it comes to so i think the the big thing there is you got to be um you've got to have a really good defense and you've got to be proactive Mm -hmm. with your offense so again here we go sports metaphor so (laughs) you know have a good defense like just have some guidelines Mm -hmm. about what you will let into your mind but then proactively seek out good things to Mm -hmm. fill your mind with and if you kind of follow those two basic principles where there's a disagreement have a good discussion about mm-hmm. it. Try to reach some type of conclusion you can both live with. But if you find yourself defending garbage that you're feeding into <laughs> your mind, you are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and solve that one Reality for you. TV shows, you're you're, not, you're in yeah. the wrong, okay? Like it's garbage. It's feeding your mind. And again, I talked about this. Like love and affection comes from your mind, not the organ that plumps, pump, pumps your blood. <laughs> right. Okay? So what you feed your mind is going to affect your relationships. Right. Yeah, so there's yeah. all kinds of studies to back that up. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the only two people who have to be on the same page in a marriage are the two people in the marriage. Right. 
So figure that out for your marriage. Mm-hmm. But if there's a little bit of a disagreement, I mean, ask yourself, is this really worth it? Is it, it worth it? Yeah. Is it really yeah. worth it? I'm talking about my marriage here yeah. compared to what, a show or movie? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, it's yeah. your marriage. That's yeah, more yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you, um, you know, let's talk about the uh, 10 one another verses, the, yeah. the magnet. I didn't know we were doing that. That sounds really awesome. So, you know, what? What's some of the verses on it, and where did you come up with it, you know? Yeah, so one of them is submit to one another. I just yeah. said that. So I put in parentheses, okay, so let's clarify what that means. <laughs> so the submit to one another, it, it says, I, I, so if you get this magnet, here's what you're going to be looking at. Yeah. It says, give up the right to be right. Mm, that's really good. So in your marriage— you know, you have to frequently give up the right to be right. You may be right, mm-hmm. and it may hurt your marriage. Was it worth it? No. Was it worth being right? No. Nope. Um, I'm really good at being right, Matt. Okay? <laughs> I'm right a lot. You, In fact— Weren't you on the debate team? <laughs> because it's my thoughts— I tend to think I'm always right. And guess what? So do you, and so does everybody yeah, who's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is part of the human yeah. nature. Like, we don't think about, I don't think I'm right, but I'm going to stick to this. No, you only stick to the things you think you're right about. Right. This is how arguments happen, okay? <laughs> and yeah, I, I was on the debate team in high school and college and did all that kind of stuff. And um, again, first few years of marriage, sitting with a marriage counselor, and he said to me, congratulations, you've proven you can win an argument with Morgan. Where has I gotten you in your marriage? Mm. my office. And he said, you know, you've got to understand, Adam. He said, in a marriage, most of the time, both people are right. Mm -hmm. Well, Matt, that's not how I was raised. (laughs) I was raised in a church that taught me the truth of God's word, black and white. You don't live in gray. That's what sinners do. Okay. (laughs) We live by the truth of God's word. Like we stand on the promises of the Lord. Mm -hmm. There's there's right and there's wrong. There's convictions and there's sin. Mm -hmm. For someone to look at me and go, no, both people can be right, that was a paradigm shift for me. <laughs> what? Okay? And he was a thousand percent right. Yeah. And a lot of times people who are devout in their faith really struggle in marriage because I like your word earlier, nuanced. Mm-hmm. They can't be nuanced that there's a lot of gray in relationships. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of differing perspectives yeah. that you and your spouse can see something completely differently and yeah. both be right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, submit to one another. Just give up the right to be right. Mm. Just go with what your spouse thinks. Uh, let, let me think of another one. One of them is, is the the wash one another's feet. Well, what's happening there is Jesus is the one who takes out the towel and washes everybody's feet. So do you really serve your spouse? Do you view your role as to be the servant to one mm. another? I like what Larry Osborne, one of my mentors, says. He pastors a church out in Southern California. He said, everybody wants to be a servant till they're treated like one. <laughs> okay. Like, we've over-glamorized yeah, yeah, yeah. serving. Uh, so, no, 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 no. Uh, like, being a servant means you do the grunt work, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Being a servant means when one of the kids throw up, you grab the bucket first and clean it up. Like, yeah. being, so, so are you serving one another? So it's just that kind of stuff. I mean, and there's eight more where these are, these are the verses from the New Testament. Testament. Now, how are you going to make those actions a part of the culture of your marriage, a part of the culture of your home? Mm-hmm. And they're just great reminders because we're all self-absorbed. We're all self-centered. And we have to be reminded.
reminded by God's word daily mm-hmm. of that yeah. and then repent of that and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us so that we will love our spouse well and so that we'll be a light once we leave our house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the idea there is you're probably going to get something out of the fridge in the morning. You'll see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And and then you'll try to put it into practice. So that's the goal there. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. And they, how do they get the, the magnet? Yeah. So if you weren't in the service uh, yesterday, we had people write that down on the back of their connection card. Uh, we'll get those out in the mail in a couple of weeks because we've still got to order them mm-hmm. and get them here at right. the church. So if you want one, just email me or Matt, mm-hmm. um, um, Bishop at vonforce.com or matt.collins at vonforce.com, and we'll make sure your name gets on the list. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, that's going to be really helpful and fun, you know, just to kind of read through those things in the morning. Yeah, be challenged uh, by them. Yeah, be challenged. So, um, <clears throat> and then, you know, point four uh, was uh, your affections and emotions being focused on someone or uh, something else other than your spouse. And I like that you pointed out that those other things uh, could be good, uh, like your kids, um, church, job. Um, they're not, those are good things. Uh, and then you said, you know, setting boundaries is healthy and good. Um, so what does that look like in a healthy marriage, like setting those boundaries? What does that look like? And are there some good habits that we can maybe do daily, uh, to keep our minds and hearts, um, from becoming overly focused on things other than our spouse? Yeah, um, I went back and I was watching some of the interview that Chad did with Morgan and I last Which year. Which was super cool, man. And um, that was in August of 2021, if you mm-hmm. weren't a part of our church and um, you want to go back and find that it's on our website. Morgan made some great points. Uh, one of the points she made that day um, for wives, I remember because I went back and watched it, she said, you know, wives, let me talk to, you, talk to you for a second. Because I think sometimes for us, it's really hard to think my husband should come before my kids because Mm -hmm. as a nurturer, as a mom, that just seems like such a natural thing to do. And she made a really good point. She said, sometimes in our marriage, she goes, I can just feel like, well, Adam's fine. (laughs) Like (laughs) he's, he's, he's okay. You know, our, and and she's like, and I'm kind of paying him a compliment. Like he doesn't seem like he's needy or like our kids are super needy. So like they're kind of consuming me and, and Adam's good. He'll be fine. Yeah. And I thought I, I was so glad she said that because what she then said is, but what I've learned is that he actually needs to be loved by me um, every single day. Mm-hmm. He's not as fine as he seems. Mm-hmm. He's not as secure as he seems. Yeah. He's not as confident as he seems. Right. Most wives think their husbands need to be brought down a few notches, <laughs> <laughs> not built up. And ladies, let me tell you something about your husband. He's not as confident as he seems. Yeah. He's not as secure as he seems. Um, he, he is in some way still, um, a 10 to 13 year old little boy making his way through the world as well. Right. And, and men, we, we don't know how to express that side. We, we don't know how to verbalize that side of us. And so a, a loving wife who speaks words of life and brings encouragement and helps build confidence like that, that, that is soul building and life giving mm-hmm. for us as husbands. And so you want to be actively providing that for your spouse, um, if you're a husband, you want to actively be providing that for your spouse. You, you need to speak words of life um, to your wife, husbands, not just about her physical attractiveness, <laughs> okay? You need to speak words of life about other qualities about her that, that you appreciate and that you enjoy and that you love. So there's a proactive side of, of, of building one another up. Mm-hmm. 
I talked about serving other. Well, now uh, serving earlier. Now I'm talking about your words. Mm-hmm. Another way you can do that is through your time. Mm-hmm. You know, you you block off chunks of time for your spouse, right? And they don't even have to be you know a formal date night. It's just a block of time that you've blocked off. Mm-hmm that you're going to ignore some other things that need to be done so that you can give your spouse mm-hmm. your undivided attention, okay? So there's that part of it. Yeah, yeah. But then the other part of it is you do need to have some healthy boundaries in place to just protect your marriage. Mm-hmm. There's a story on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Uh, we used to do a lot of ministry there. Um, it used to be a very heavily populated area in the homeless population, but over the last decade to 15 years, there's kind of been a, a rebirth of that area. And so now yeah. if you go to Lower East Side of Manhattan, it, it, it doesn't really look that way. But when we lived up there, there was a lot of ministry we would do on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And there was a um, a park there that some of the folks who had never been in that neighborhood, who moved into that neighborhood, um, they didn't like the iron fence around the park. They thought it was an eyesore around the playground. So, you know, it's almost like an HOA in the middle of Manhattan. Like they yeah. got together and they decided we're going to tear, we're going to take down that gate because of that fence, because it's, it's an eyesore. Well, yeah. what happened when they took down the fence is all of the kids that were playing on the playground and playing in the park, it actually reduced the area that they were allowed to play in because now they had to stay close to the equipment. Whereas before they could go all, all the way, way to the edge of the fence. Well, now there's no fence. You're going to be out in the street mm-hmm. in Manhattan and that's yeah, not yeah, a good that's thing. Not, yeah. So the principle there was a clear boundary provided more room for freedom to enjoy, to play mm-hmm. than th- without one. So a lot of times in a marriage, people think boundaries are repressive and boundaries are restrictive and boundaries mean you don't trust one another. No, boundaries build trust. Boundaries mm-hmm. allow for more freedom. And so you need to get on the same page with your spouse for what your boundaries are going to be in yeah. your marriage. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you what they need to be. Yeah. The only two people in a marriage that need to be on the same page with those are the two people in the marriage. Mm-hmm. I'll give you two of ours. Yeah. Okay. So one of our boundaries that, I mean, and this is something we've followed almost 20 years now into marriage, is we have no unaccounted for time. Mm. There's never been one point in our marriage where somebody said to Morgan, hey, where's Adam? And she went, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No unaccounted for time. Like we we know where one another is Mm -hmm. Um, to the extent to where if there's something that changes with that, like we'll let one another know. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I was supposed to be at the ball field, but then practice got done a little early and, you know, we're going to swing by Home Depot on the way home. Like that's a every day when I leave the office, Mm -hmm. I walk into my car. I, Hey Siri, text Morgan heading home. Yeah. Every day. So we just don't have unaccounted for time. Yeah, that's good. That 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 builds trust. Yeah. We never sit around and wonder. I wonder what they're where they're at. I wonder what they're up to. And <laughs> yeah. it's that, that's just something we've always followed. Right. The other one is we are never alone with another person of the opposite sex. Mm, we haven't one. done that in twenty almost twenty years of marriage, okay? And um it just it just builds trust. Now right. you may be in a career where that's that's not a boundary that, that you can have and you may be in a season of life. I'm not trying to get, gain the moral ground here and, you know, be the moral authority. And I'm just telling you that at least in our marriage, we do know what the boundaries are and we are on the same page. We're not just making it up as we go. Okay. So in your career field and in in whatever is asked of you at work, it may be different than Mm -hmm. it is for me being a pastor and Morgan being a kids minister. And that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we're doing it right and you're doing it wrong. But if you want to have a good foundation in your marriage, that's going to build trust. Just be on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And, And don't take our list, build your own list, Right. build a list that helps facilitate trust. And then, 
you know, I would just say you've just got to be really wise about the access that you give other people into your life. And social media has been yeah. the thing that's really broken down that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I despise all of the direct messaging components that exist on social media. Yeah. So, um, you, you don't, you just gotta be careful. Yeah. You just gotta be careful. Um, you know, don't, I would say another, you know, one of our, you know, I'll give a third one. Like we have, um, at any point, if Morgan wanted to pick up my phone or go through all my social media or go through all my texts, or that, like, that's always been the case. I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not even a question. I mean, it's like, like there is no, that's mine, or she's like, that's mine. We don't have a, that's mine. Right. We have a, this is ours, ours, you know? So that, that would be another thing. But you just got to be careful about any lines of communication that you have with other people that your spouse isn't aware of. Yeah. Um, it may not be a problem right now, but it might be setting you up for a problem down the road. Yeah. So you just got to be careful yeah. about those kind of things. Um, so I, again, have this discussion with your spouse, get on yeah. the same page, have healthy boundaries. It might be a little awkward, but in the long haul, I think it'll give you a healthier marriage. Yeah. I really like that, man. Like setting those boundaries together. Yeah. Uh, working on those together and them being different for every couple. Yeah. Um, so the goal isn't to have boundaries. The goal is it, to have a great marriage. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. boundary, the goal is the, the play on the playground. Yeah. The yeah, fence yeah. was just the boundary. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, th- that they're not the goal. The, they're the, the goal is to protect it. So yes. whatever it will help you do that. Yeah. yeah. Then go with that. That's good. Um, so last point, uh, point five, uh, you talked about setting the bar too low in marriage. Um, and the problems that that creates. Um, so kind of looking at the points, um, looking back at the first one, setting, you know, realistic expectations. So how do you, um, have high standards, but keep realistic expectations for the marriage? Man, I, I, um, I just think that you have to get super clear on what, what, what is the end game end goal for you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So write your eulogy now, mm-hmm. okay? Determine what people will say about you now one day when you die. Because if no one's reminded you lately, you will die. Unless Jesus returns in our lifetime, that's where all of this is heading, okay? Mm-hmm. So the goal for my life when I die one day is that the people who knew me the best love me the most. So if that's Morgan and my boys and my close friends then then I will feel like my life has been a success. Yeah. So the ultimate measuring stick of our lives are the relationships that we have and the impact that we have in those relationships and through those relationships, okay? Yeah. So th- you just got to start with the end in mind. Like I don't want to get to the end of my life and have accomplished a lot of things and have lost my marriage, uh, I, my kids not be connected to me. My yeah. goal is that when my boys are older and married, that they want to hang out with me as one of their friends. That's my goal. Okay, so I'm I'm determining whether or not that will be the case now and every day moving forward. Okay, my goal is that Morgan and I one day when we're in a season of our life where we're not raising our kids anymore, our marriage is in a place where it's thriving. Right. Not where we're missing the kids and wishing they were back in our house. Like, oh no, <laughs> I'm glad they're out of the house. Like, we're now in this fun season where it's just the yeah. two of us again. Yeah. Like, that's been, their house. That's been the goal all along, <laughs> just to get back to the two of us yeah, again. This yeah. is going to be awesome. And then I hope that we get to be in a season of our marriage where we take care of one another before yeah. we meet Jesus. Now, here, here's the thing about everything I just said: none of us are promised tomorrow. Mm. So, um, 
you know, I, I've heard stories before where I, I like this kind of thinking, where someone says, I'm not going to wait till my 30th anniversary to do a big trip. We're doing it on the 23rd anniversary because 23 <laughs> gets left out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, go for it. I like it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So, um, yeah, don't put off too far in the future yeah. what, what you hope your marriage Enjoy could be. Enjoy here now. Yeah, you're, you're not promised yeah. you know, forever with your spouse. You're not promised to make it 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 mm-hmm. years. You know that Jesus may call them home before yeah. you get to that. So I would say when I talk about setting the bar high, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, you know, we want to have a house on the beach or we want to retire early or we want to have three cars or we want to live here. No, no. Those are all tangible things yeah. that can be blessings in our life or they could be curses in our life, depending on what they do <laughs> you to you and what they the do to and everybody's what, coming there. What they do to your soul, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about like where, where your marriage yeah. ultimately is. Yeah. That that the bar being set too low is the couple that they just kind of stop growing together at some point in their marriage, and then they've just repeated that year, year after year after year after year. Yeah. Instead of having a marriage that's continuing to thrive, continuing to discover who your spouse is. Because you remember uh, Jacob Dillon and the Wallflowers? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what did Jacob Dillon say? I know I haven't changed, but I know I'm not the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a lot of truth to that. So we don't change, but we don't stay the same, and right. that's true in a marriage. So sometimes in a marriage, you're still the same people, but you're also different people, but you quit discovering who mm-hmm. we, who one another is, yeah. and your marriage stopped thriving. Mm-hmm. And so you know, new seasons of our lives show us new components of who we are. And if you continue to draw from the deep well of who your spouse is— yeah then that's, that's what I'm talking about yeah. when I'm saying don't set the bar so low when yeah. it comes to your marriage. D- deep waters, is that what you yeah. talked about? Yeah, yeah. that was and be, really Have good, the wisdom man. to draw that out. Yeah. And, um, man, I, I've been challenged by that because especially, you know, when, when you get in good seasons and good rhythms, mm-hmm. you know, you, you cannot be as proactive about those things, yeah. you know, and that is the time to be proactive about those things and, yeah. and continue to learn and continue to discover and ask your spouse, hey, what's God showing you these days, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really have those conversations because so much of the busyness of our life can creep in and keep that from happening. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's so good. Um, well, before we wrap up, um, you, you mentioned a couple of things that are going on here. Um, the couples night. So, you know, how do people sign up for that and get, you know, get plugged in with that? Yeah, it's probably on our website. It'll be all over social media. Um, there's a QR code. There's a link, a registration link. Yeah. So, um, October 21st, Friday night, six to eight 30 PM. We've still got a few weeks to go. Yep. Um, it's going to be an awesome event. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're catering in dinner. We're providing childcare. Or if you want to line up your own childcare at your mm-hmm. home, we'll reimburse that for you. Yeah. So there's a process to that. It's $30 per couple. We want you to go ahead and get registered as soon as possible. We're going to talk about the four different types of love as presented in the New Testament. That's cool. And how yeah. we can actually put those into practice in our marriages. It's going to be a panel discussion. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Well, and then next uh, next Sunday we'll be in Stress to Blessed, week four. Yeah. Um, talking about finances. Yeah. Money, money, money. money We're going to talk about how to move from stress <laughs> to blessed with my finances. Yeah. Uh, number one thing married couples fight about is money. Yeah. So it's almost like marriage part two, but uh, it won't just <laughs> be a marriage message. Uh, it'll talk about finances. But 
in all seriousness, I think anytime a pastor starts talking about money, everybody mm-hmm. thinks, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. We must be behind on giving. <laughs> no, not the case at all. Yeah. Like our church is super generous mm-hmm. and uh, God is blessing our church financially in, in just unbelievable ways. No, we're, we're talking about how oftentimes money that can be a blessing mm-hmm. is our greatest source of stress, and it just doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, yeah. So with a few simple steps moving us in the right direction, we can really flip that and flip mm-hmm. that pretty quickly. Yeah. In some ways, you can fix that a lot faster than if your marriage <laughs> is causing you some stress, right. okay? So yeah, it's going to be practical. And um, the one thing, Matt, I'll say is I've noticed my kids are super interested in money. Really? Not just like, how to, I want a lot of money. Yeah. They're getting to an age where they ask questions about investment and saving and inflation. Yeah. And they hear about all this with the economy right. and the stock market. That's really good for what them does to pay that, What does that, that mean and how yeah. does that work? And so it might be even a good message like with your kids or teenagers, certainly, that you can start be- begin to talk to them about sound biblical financial principles. Yeah, that's good. Um, we're having a lot of those conversations in our our home these days. And so I think it's going to be a really um, helpful message, a practical message, and one that if you put put it into practice, can really reduce stress and bring on blessing. That's good. That's good. Well, Adam, thanks so much today. This has been a really awesome conversation having with you. Um, so on behalf of Adam Bishop, Sound Guy, Jonathan, and Matt Collins, um, thank you so much for ch- uh, tuning in today, and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks.